Welcome to Shoot First, Talk Later, the photo shoot podcast with me, Robert Gershenson. My guest this time is Cindy Wilson. She's a singer, she's a songwriter, and she's a founding member of the B-52s. Cindy has just released her first ever solo record, Change, and is now on tour in the UK and Europe. If you want to see the photos I've just shot of Cindy, head to www.sftl.photos. We've done the shooting, now let's do the talking. Cool, so Cindy, thanks for coming on. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, so the new album, Change, in terms of sound, it's like it's a 180 degree turn away from the B-52 sound. Was that a conscious decision going into the studio or did it just happen organically like that? No, uh, you know, definitely it was uh, planned to, to experiment and to uh, take a, the style in a new direction. And we worked on it you know, for a few months, that um, just getting the style down and what we were going for. So there was lots of testing out before you actually decided, now we need to start writing tracks. Yes, it was. There was some experimentation. I did a lot of vocalese, which means like, oh, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and just playing with, uh, you know, the hardness of how I hard. And I usually, with the B-52s, sing very hard. Yeah. Know? I mean, there are some songs that it's a little laid back, like dances mess around, but but it's uh, usually pretty hard. So I get to be a little bit I like it. It's like acting. I, you know, it, you, you you don't have to be grandiose. It can be a little bit more uh, light, light touch, and you express a lot more. Do you feel? You, I mean, you just said acting. Do you feel that you're playing a different part now? You're not. Cindy Wilson over there you're a completely new creation over here yes yes you could say that you know it's it's still me obviously yeah but it's uh it's definitely a new style and uh, playing with a you know a demented but yet there's sometimes it's erotic to to uh, all everything in between you know so yeah, it's just very playful. When I listen to the album, it sounds as if, and I hope you don't take offense to this, no. it sounds as if David Bowie <laughs> wrote and produced an album for Debbie Harry. Oh, that's great. Well, I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> With a bit of golf rap thrown in. Okay. Because yeah. it's, it's, really, it's really laid back, and I was really surprised. Oh, and I was really surprised so at people. your vocals, because like you said, those, B, those B-52 vocals, they're big. And the noises that you make as well. Yeah. Like I'm thinking on Rock Lobster. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, you're a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you got to remember, I sang a lot of those songs uh, originally, like over 40 years ago or 30 mm. years ago, you know. So. Yeah, but you're is, still singing them now. I'm still singing them now. And you're still I, hitting those notes. Oh, well, trying to. <laughs> 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 but yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so yeah, I get to be more current who I am and uh, yeah and what I've gone through in my life and it's it I think reflects in the songs yeah putting together a new band is that quite daunting if you're if you're going out with the b-52s I'm I'm guessing 95% of the year mm-hmm. when do you even come into contact with people enough to think that person could, could, could come and work with me well we took a year, a year uh, off the B-52s did. Yeah. And so I had time to uh, go in with some friends in Athens, Georgia at mm-hmm. a local uh, studio, SUNY Lions Studios. And I worked with Ryan Monahan and Lemuel Hayes. And uh, we hired uh, musicians, too, to come on, like violin. 
we put violin, which was fantastic. So much fun. Yeah. To like adding <laughs> these cool instruments and uh, horns. Are, and are they sort of instruments that you wouldn't necessarily have on 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 the bees? No, 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 no. And I I was there during the whole process, and it was. It was like a, it was like a school for me, you know. I'm learning so much, you know, and being creative, starting over, and just letting it go. And you know, I, I laugh about it because I'm working with younger people. Yeah. You know, and usually, you know, the older ones I'm supposed to show them what, how, what's for, <laughs> but I really learned a lot from them. That's that's great. The fact that you're learning from the new generation, the generation that you've inspired. Yeah, and they're great. Yeah, and they they obviously knew the bees' music. Oh yes, 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 and uh, but we threw that out the door. So, <laughs> so that, that was that your decision, or did they say we want to do this, but we don't just want to replicate what no, the B fifty twos did? Okay, that's kind of no, it'd be yeah, not the right thing to do. Yeah, and I, to tell you the truth, I did not want to try that, and I I wasn't all about that really, you know, because there's more, there's more depth, hmm. you know. Oh. All right. It's probably a test. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually French and either. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he's, okay. he's, he's, so he's you, you've, um, you've crowdfunded this album, haven't you? No, no, not really. I mean, I, we did the pledge campaign. The pledge campaign, yeah. And that would, turned out to be a lot of fun. But it wasn't, oh, like, no, I, I went, I'm, I funded it a lot of myself. You know? Oh, really? Okay. But I got, but some of it's, Pledge, but that's really was just a little bit. Okay. And it's really to get uh, the um, fans involved in the project, you know. And what I just did a, a dinner, you know, one of the things where I would make a dinner for. for oh, a well, so they, they, they pay they, a, yeah. a certain amount, they get dinner with Cindy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they flew from LA <laughs> to Georgia. <laughs> Is that far? Yes, it's on the other side of the I don't know my. No, I live in Britain. <laughs> I I don't know America at all. It's okay. All the way to Athens, Georgia. You know, and so we cooked. We cooked for them. We had the best time. Sat on my front porch and uh, watched a frat party what? across the street. <laughs> and we just had a good time. We had a great time. And then the next day, we took uh, some other people who who uh, did the pledge campaign. And it was the tour of Athens, so we had a group of those people, and what, and I took them around in different, you know, interest points in Athens, from the tree that owns itself to I even went by and to see Ricky's grave. You oh know? right, yeah. So. Was that was that you offering that, or did the fans ask for that? They wanted to see Ricky's grave, and that's important. Yeah, you know, a lot of people go by there. Yeah, you know, leave little souvenirs or you know things. Ricky still is a very uh, powerful presence still you know and i'm so glad in the fans minds it's is that a great way for you to keep him alive for you is through the fans um i don't need the fans uh to do that yeah but it's i'm really happy that uh ricky's guitar playing was mm -hmm. is still regarded as groundbreaking and uh and this is wonderful I mean, how, how Ricky was such a, a wonderful person. And um, I have an 18-year-old and a 21-year-old, and they, they are so proud of their uncle, Ricky, you know. They never got to meet him. And they never him. got to meet him, no. no. So, so they've learned everything via you and, I yeah. guess, VH1. And, yeah, and, and they're and, both you know. uh, musicians. But 
but Nolan particularly is uh, is following in Ricky's footsteps. He's a lot like Ricky. That's your son, Nolan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, he's great. I think he's going to be a musician. You know, and he is a musician, but he's he's following that trail. The 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 kind of state that the music industry is is in. Uh-huh. Does it worry you that your kids want to potentially go in in that direction? It does worry me. It certainly does. It's it's hard. It's very very hard, and I don't know how he's going to do it. But he has a passion for it, and I'm not going to tell him no. Yeah, you know. Well, that would be the worst thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I say, follow your bliss. You know, try for it. When the bees were starting out, the B fifty two, I'm not going to say it was easy. I mean, mm-hmm. it was easier back in the day, but from from the moment you guys kind of met mm-hmm. was it quite a was it quite a quick transition from sort of bar band to first album coming out for us it seemed like it did go very fast i mean we we actually started just at parties and our first gig was at uh julian gray's valentine's party in athens wow <laughs> yeah and actually that's where i met my husband too so my career and my husband the same <laughs> good job you same didn't night. call in sick to that party I know, it was crazy <laughs> but you know yeah we started at the party and then played another party and then you know, this and then we started playing uh there's not that many places to play for uh non you know just top 20 bands yeah that hit just did the hits you know the original kind of thing was hard to, to you know, play in Athens. There weren't as like today. It's like New Orleans. There's there's bars and Just places. Just throw to a play. rock and you hit a play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, back then, holy moly! What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> well, added some thrills, you know. But uh, it's a party in here. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was so it was uh, we had to go. Uh, some friends said go up to New York, New York. You know, and we had some friends, the fans who were out of Atlanta, Georgia, uh, were going up to play CBGBs, and so uh, we followed them up and took a, a you know, a tape and uh, and and some, you know, just p- photographs and everything, and uh, and went around shopping around for a gig, you know, and so uh, we got a gig at. At Max's Kansas City first. Okay, I've heard of that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Dear France hired us, and uh, and then later on we we, we played the next trip uh, CBGBs. And, uh, were you were you looking for a record deal? Were you looking to make it? Was it just a case of let's just go play? Well, to tell you the truth, um, we we went as far as okay, playing New York would be the height of what we're gonna do. But uh, we, so many people kept uh, saying, you know, you need to continue on. And then we did start getting uh, interest from record, different record companies, yeah. you know, and it was, it was amazing. And so we, of course, ended up with uh, Warner Brothers and Island, you know, records. Not so. such a bad place to be. No, it was great, you know, and uh, it just kept rolling. So we had a good... It seemed to go very quickly yeah. into that. Who in in the original lineup was the one who was always like, 
you know, the leader, like, come on, get up. We've got to get on the bus. Come on, well, get your wig. Come on. No, it <laughs> no? wasn't. No, it wasn't. It's very interesting because it was a very democratic band. In fact, I feel very lucky to have been in a band that the men were so, uh, gave Kate and I equality. Yeah. And they didn't try to bully us around. Or, you know, we had creative and, and uh, license and, and uh, we all, Voted. It was a voting. Type. Oh, really? Yes, it oh. was a voting type of situation, and I think that's what m- led for it to be such a lo- uh, the longevity of it. You know, no one felt that anyone else was in control. Well, there is the music director type of role, yeah. which uh, who took that role on? Ricky and Keith at yeah. the beginning. You know, they would bring in the music, and then Fred, Kate, and I would jam over the music. And then we would uh, have to listen to reams of, uh, of stuff to start <laughs> building a song. And, uh, but it was all very democratic. That's awesome. I always wonder, how did you actually meet the, the other guys? Because obviously Ricky was your brother and you grew up together. Yeah. But then how did Keith, how did Fred, how did Kate come into the scene? Well, we all um, met in Athens, Georgia. Um, I met them, I met, well, I... I knew Keith Strickland for a long time. He was uh, best friends with Ricky. And so I've known him since I was like 15. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. And so, um, but Kate and Fred, well, I met them after Ricky and Keith came back from Europe. Back then, uh, they saved their money and went all around, you know, staying at youth hostels. And went to Greece, lived in a cave. What? <laughs> yeah. And then they came back home and, uh, you know, they had seen street musicians in Europe. So we were going to do that. That was kind of the back on the back burner, the plan to do. And so, but we met uh, Fred and Kate on a Halloween night in Athens. Fred was dressed as a hangover. <laughs> 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 if you could just imagine, you know. And uh, what were you dressed as? I was a wizard. Okay. And, and, <laughs> what was Kate? Kate was this. Uh, she was a alien, I think. You know, she had she had long hair below her knees. Her her hair or her hair really? Yes, her real hair was below her knees. Amazing, and uh, but uh, she was amazing, and uh, we uh, we. Just there was a magic about them that I thought that was really cool. But then we went out to eat. We didn't have much money back then at all. Yeah. We didn't, but we went out to eat at a a Chinese restaurant, and I got a a small dish. And but we bought this big uh, drink, rum drink that was in the ceramic. A volcano, and there was a moat around it. What? Gigantic. And we all had a straw. And there was fire burning, you know. We were all having a straw. We were drinking from this this moat. With Is that real, or were you were you a bit high? I was a... Yeah, well, yeah. Rum, <laughs> rum affected me strongly. I'm talking like... like oh, no. no? <laughs> not then. No, not then. But, uh, yeah, we... Yeah, but later, but uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but we went after that after drinking the rum drink. It was kind of very ceremonial if you think about it. Mm. And we went and played in the uh, a basement of a friend's house and uh, and just picked up the instruments and just started banging on them and the you know and uh, we 
we just knew that something it was coming together. It was really amazing. So it was, it was, so it was we like said, well, kismet. let's play. Well, yeah, it was kismet, and let's play for uh, Julie and Grace uh, party. So we that gave us enough time to get about four or five songs together from that jam. Do you remember which songs that? I mean, do we know them or are they songs are lost? To well, time? there's one song that we. We wrote, but, but but never got put together completely. We never, which was Killer Bees. We always thought we should have uh, done that one. But I think there was a, definitely a little bit of Planet Claire. Yeah. And it might have been some Rock Lobster in the first jam. Yeah. When did you realize you could sing? Well, you know, it, it was for fun. I wasn't really serious, like, oh, <laughs> that kind of singing. It was, it was. It was yeah, but if, when you do that, it uh-huh. sounds like singing. If I was to do that, it would not sound like singing. So, I mean, it, it must be a natural talent. Did I mean, did did one of the guys in the band turn around, or did Ricky from an early age say, "You, know, you can sing"? Well, Ricky and I would sing together. Um, yeah, and he was he was really into folk music, and uh, so we, he he would write and call his little sister into the. He had this reel to reel tape recorder that he he. He worked hard and bought, and uh, he's self-taught a guitarist, and he would, had a great voice. He had a really good voice, yeah. but never, he was too shy to really... But he sung it. on a, a couple of tracks, didn't he? He did. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some of she the... Break, well, She Breaks Her Rainbows, or some, some on... Uh, uh, on Whammy. Bouncing Off the Satellite, Whammy. Maybe. And he sung on Whammy, didn't I'll he? He sung on... Um, yeah. And, Future but, Generations. Yeah. 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 But he had a great voice, but never. But he was too shy to use it. <laughs> he would be. He's one of those shy people that would turn bright pink if he got embarrassed, you know. But then he was on stage playing guitar in front well, of you know, thousands a lot of people. Of musicians are like that. Are you know? shy, Cindy? I am shy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you weren't shy before when we were shooting, but you did say at one point you're getting self-conscious. Like, why? You've got your awesome glasses on and the killer boots. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm happy. I oh, they're know, not, but they're not still... boots. I just noticed they're not boots. They're booties. Oh, you got... See, because these bits on the on, oh. on your thighs, I looked up and thought... Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. no, they're just... Yeah, I'm into uh, cool pants. Yeah. <laughs> they keep your knees cold, they will. <laughs> yeah, that's why I put stockings underneath. So Ricky sort of picked up on the fact that you were singing and then he invited you in to come and jam. Yeah, Ricky, Ricky and I would uh, would jam, and he would teach me parts. He was writing the songs and say, "Okay, you do this harmony," and and uh, and then he would say, "We would do uh, parts were really ridiculous, like and this is a this is a germ of the B fifty twos, and this is this is a real insight into Ricky's what he brought to the B fifty twos and how you know it really kind of came into being was Ricky had this amazing sense of humor." And he, he wrote, I'm not looking for myself, which was supposed to be ironic. Yeah. It was supposed to be ironic. Oh, I'm not looking for myself. So I got to do <laughs> this really crazy opera voice, and, and uh, it, was, it was great. And Keith Strickland's got that. And one day that's going to come out. Yeah, why don't you put all that early stuff? And that song, what do you talk, Bumblebees, did you call that? Killer Bees. Killer Bees. Got to come out come on. on one of those, you know, Or just, just, just roughs, do know? it on, on stage. Don't, don't announce it. Just, just <laughs> let people realise. 
this is something from back in the day. This yeah. is yeah, yeah. It'd be cool. Definitely would be cool. Do you find even though even though Ricky passed away in in the mid eighties and then the band carried on doing other albums, right? Do you do you find or did you feel that his influence was still there? Yeah, you know, um, Keith Strickland. After Ricky passed away, I mean, it was like an atom bomb that dropped into our lives. It was and. And then there were so many other others that were, you know, passing away from mm. AIDS. You know, it was devastating. But in our sphere, it was, it, you know, it was horrible, horrible, horrible. Didn't know what to do. Keith Strickland went up to Woodstock, New York, and uh, the way he dealt with it was just become a hermit and start writing music, you know. And uh, then he contacted us uh, and said, Y'all want to try to get together and uh, and 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 just do some music. How long and after Ricky died was that? I think it was it had to be a couple of years. Oh really? Wow, that's quite a long time. Yeah, and uh, we said sure, sure, let's go and see. And um, uh, so uh, we went in to we to the studio, not studio. It was more like a beat up old room at the near the Wall Street area, and these decrepit buildings you know which but are it, probably worth a lot but, now <laughs> yes but it was cheap and so we went in and uh started jamming and uh and it lo and behold it was very healing and it felt like ricky was with us you know very much so in spirit and uh and it uh, and we wrote the album cosmic thing album yeah but it wasn't to be you know Thinking that it was going to be a top ten hit or anything. Like it was that. like it was huge, huge. That album. It was what multi platinum or at yes. least platinum. Yes, multi platinum. And then Love Shack came off that album. And, and Rome and yeah, and a lot of a lot of the songs. A lot of the songs that I think, especially over here and maybe outside of America internationally, those are the songs that define you and your band. Yeah, uh, yeah, but there's a certain uh, element of our fan base. That do are faithful to the uh, old B52s with Ricky in it too, and those are my favorite years. The the obviously the the early years, the early the early years. Was it? Did you? Was there was there a sense of of bittersweet victory? The fact that this big massive, you know, I've, I've I've often heard bands say they kind of feel they got picked up and just moved forward whether they wanted to or not, and it's a great thing. But was there a bittersweet thing that Ricky wasn't there to share that? I, I know what you're saying. We had been in the business long enough to get used to a lot of stuff. And being yeah. we'd gone to different countries and, and experienced a lot of success. But this was obviously a next level. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, but with the success comes a lot of hard work. Much more than... You realize, you know. Like what? So you have really have to tour. You have to make hay while the sun shines, right? Yeah. So that means not going home much and touring your butt off, you know. <laughs> how long did, <laughs> so that's the Cosmic Thing tour? Yeah. So how long did that go on for? For at least a couple of years. Wow. Yeah. And so I kind of got burnt out after that. And I missed Ricky. Even though I did feel him there. Yeah. Uh it just kind of, it was kind of different for me. I had, I could, I still, I, I was still mourning Ricky. Yeah. And so, 
I I gave a year's notice to the band. I said, listen, I just need to to leave, you know. And I said, y'all will be okay. Y'all are propelled, you know, they have a momentum. So they were going to be okay. So you left. I left for a while. You left for a while. You left in what, 92, 93 ish? No, it was, what, 90? Oh, really? 90, yeah. Or 89, 90. Okay, so, but you left. And even though you were burnt out, was it, was it really tough to sort of walk away and go, you know, I'm not coming back. Was that the plan? I'm not coming back. Yes, obviously. I was, um, I had a relationship, my husband and... Uh, Who you met at the party. Yes. <laughs> and it was a strain. And my, I'll, I hate this term, but I'm going to have to use it. My clock was ticking. Oh, uh-huh, I get it. <laughs> 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 and so, so we were... Down, we moved down to Georgia because I felt like I needed to be closer to my family, especially since, you know, it yeah. had been so much sadness. And uh, so I got to, re, you know, be with my family more, which was great, and my f- husband's family. And uh, But uh, we started having children uh, a few years later. And that's, I guess that's a great way to to heal, a great way to take time out. Yes. What were you planning on doing apart from setting up a family? I, you know, my husband was in advertising. But then I started, I started wanting, uh, they, the bees asked me to, uh, I mean, the rest of the band asked me to, if I wanted to do some shows. And it was supposed to be just a few shows, you know. Was this, was this a couple I, of years I, after? Yeah. And then I started, uh, this was after they did good stuff. And so we st- they asked me if I wanted to come back and do some stuff. So I, I did. And so I just got back into it. They, see, <laughs> they're sneaky. What they did there. <laughs> they said, just come back for a few, just a few. Just a few then they lock you in. Yeah. And now 25 years later. <laughs> and, you know, obviously I love, I love doing it. Did you realize that you'd, you'd missed it and that this was the right thing to do? I did. I did miss it. And I missed them. I missed the band because they were uh, like a family to me. They've been there from, from the beginning. From the beginning. Yeah. You lived together at one point, didn't you? Yes, but that was a bad idea. Too much together. I was going to say, you're, you're, you're recording together, you're touring together, and then you're living together. You must Not have all just idea. wanted to kill each other. But there's a lot of good video that that. This was when the uh, video camera first came out, you know, that was a long time ago, you know. Have we seen any of this, this footage? Oh, Keith Strickland's got it. He's got, Keith's got everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's got, but I think he'll, he'll, he's got to get, I think he's going through all the stuff, you know, there's, we did all the stuff, because it was in the middle of nowhere on a frozen lake, you know, on a frozen lake. Yeah. And uh, it's like you've never seen the microphone before, since <laughs> you keep moving away I, from I'm it, you're repelling it. You. <laughs> what microphone? Yeah. I find when I have comedians on, they just want to hold it because they don't know what to do with their hands. Oh, is that right? That's yeah, so I'm because I had a comedian called David Morgan. I was like, Will you stop touching the microphone, please? I know, I, I'm go go, and now I do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised you're not dancing or trying to play some bongos. <laughs> um, when did you realize that you were famous? Well, you know, I've I never really put that on myself. I function better, 
uh, with that reality, not in my head. Yeah. And um, I, I, you know, because that, what is that really? It's such but, an abstract but not, thing. But not in the sense of, you know, the Kim Kardashian. They're, they're, <laughs> they're famous because they're famous. Yeah. You obviously work in an industry and you have a, a high profile because of your work. your job, because of yeah. your work. And, you know, if you were to walk down the street in New York, I'm pretty sure you would get recognized. Every, yeah, I get chased down every once in a while. Uh, but uh, it, it was the bouffant. If I'm not wearing a bouffant, <laughs> then I'm okay. <laughs> you haven't got the wig on. <laughs> but then, but then I, got, I got chased down, yeah, the other day. And so, yeah, it happens. Have you been recognized in... You've been here, what, in London now for two days. Have you been recognized? I haven't been out, you know. Really? No. You've just been hiding in your hotel room. I've been sleeping. <laughs> um, you said you don't really take part in the whole celebrity thing just before you said that. Yeah. But how do you how do you stop yourself from getting in that kind of diva mindset? If 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 you're a big fan, especially back in I'm the not day, a diva. I really am not a diva, and you know I think uh, I just go with the flow usually. I mean I'm not a. Uh, a doormat. Yeah. But um, but I'm not a diva either, you know. Because I, I often find, because I've done, I've done quite a fair bit in the, the music industry, and I find the more famous someone is, or the more hot they are at the moment, mm-hmm. the more people they have around them just telling them, yes, yes, you can do this, yes. Yeah. We have to protect you from everyone. Right. And I just wonder, back in the day, because right now you seem pretty sorted, you're, you're friendly, and you know you haven't got an entourage. I think I think, I think he's asleep around <laughs> there. Actually, the guy. <laughs> but, <That's real. laughs> but you know, back in the day, especially on um, on Cosmic Thing, you must have had that kind of environment. So I just wonder what is it about some people who, like you, are able to stay grounded and and, and realistic, and other people, they, they, you know, they go off with the fairies. I know, right? It's crazy. Um, it's, it's amazing. I think it's a form of madness, don't you? Oh, absolutely. It's crazy. Because it must be a, a really... I mean, even for them, it must be a hard situation where suddenly they've got everything they've ever dreamt of mm-hmm. and they've got everyone around them telling them how amazing they are and they don't want to maybe rock the boat from inside because it could all come crumbling down. Yeah, I, I feel sorry... Because that will come crumbling down one day. Yeah. You know. Has there been has there been a time in the B fifty two history where things haven't gone super duper well? If we're saying cosmic thing is right up here, is there something right down there? What era would that be? Well, I'll tell you, and this is with anybody's career, um, you know, any rock band or any band, is as you have lows and you have highs. Yeah. It's, and for forty one years. We've had like that. It's been like that, you know. But in a steady up, upward motion, hopefully. But now we not we might not be top, you know, whatever. But we are legendary, and people, you you won't believe. This is one of the perks of doing my solo thing is I get to talk to a lot of fans. I'm mm. more closer to them, you know, and and people are not afraid to come up and I get to hear all the stories about what the B52s have meant. To people and it's amazing it really is so that's a real perk to be able to to hear all those great stories is that because this this solo tour even though i know i know you don't like calling it a solo tour it's more it of a, a side project yes yeah. yeah so this side project is is it op- it's, it's clearly operating on a, a smaller 
<clears throat> excuse me, it's operating on a, school, a smaller scale than the B-52 tours. Oh, yeah. You know, the music business has changed completely. And, and the guys have, you know, told me, you know, the real, you know, the reality of the music business. Yeah. We have to, and we had to start all over again. And nobody, you know, but I think I've, I, part of the charm of uh, coming from Cindy Wilson, doing a solo thing is uh, coming from left field and and it's really interesting you know it's it, not something you would expect no i'm no and, and like i said when i listened to the album it, i was i was really surprised yeah like and how so, laid back it is <laughs> i know and so when people see us uh, live you know it's it's very surprising and fun and and i like that i like it surprising people well, that's good. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's great that, you know, four decades into a career, you can do something that keeps it fresh, for, not just for you, but for the fans also. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's fans that want you to just keep singing uh, Give Me Back My Man or Rock Lobster. Yeah. Right? But, you know, you know, they have to give me, a, you know, back up, back <laughs> off. You know? Give you a year. Give let me, me do a solo. Face, you know? <laughs> and let me be me, you know. Did you miss being in a in a recording environment, actually being in the studio making new music? I did, I, you know, but usually I never had as much fun as I did with this uh, this project. Uh, it was very relaxed, and and um, I got to be there for a lot of it, of recording and and playing and learning. What were you playing? What do you mean? As in, were you playing instruments? Oh, no, no. No, no. Well, being playful. Okay. Oh, and, I see. Oh, uh, play. I see what you mean, right? Okay. You know, and, <laughs> and just, uh, you know, just experimenting. And that's that's really good for the soul. Well, just being creative is good, isn't it? It it's is. Just... As, and being relevant, you know, I think. Which might be being a woman my age doing the music, you know, it's just, and it's fresh, I think. Do you think it's important to stay relevant? I, uh, I don't know. It depends on what you mean, but I think uh, it could. I think it it does. On this particular uh, project, I think it is. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's been ten years now since B fifty two put out a studio album. Right. I I often find with um, legacy bands, I say like Kiss or right. the Rolling Stones, there's always a, a reluctance to put out a new album. And in the case of Kiss, Paul Stanley always says, the fans don't want new album. The fans don't <laughs> want a new album. And then they do a new album and we want the new album. <laughs> but also, is, is there, because I, I think when bands like that say the fans don't want a new album, it's actually a bit of an internal fear. They're, they're a bit worried that, how, you know, Paul Stanley, how can I write a song that's as big as Love Gun? How, oh, you, know, how can, yeah. you know, the Rolling Stones, how can they write another Brown Sugar? Yeah, true, right? It's, do, you, do you feel the same with the B-52s? How can we do another Rome? How can we do maybe, another Love Shack? Maybe a little bit of that. But um, we, did, we did go and do uh, our last album, which was, uh, gosh, how many years ago is that now? Ten years. Fun Fun Plex, Plex. yeah. And, uh, Time flies. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? But yeah, uh, we did Fun Plex, which we... You know, it was going to be our last album. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's probably, it is the last album. Keith Strickland 
you know, he's gone now, right? He's not in the band anymore. Not no, even. No, for... he's retired. Also, he because I because I read that he'd left the touring band, but he doesn't want to do even studio stuff. I don't think so. I oh. think he wants to do that. I mean, I've talked to him, and he's happy. But you know, in yeah, where he's at, he's in, he lives in Key West. You know, he's you know saved all his money. <laughs> And he's fine. He's just sitting on some dollars. He's just um, happy and everything. And, and um, I love him so much. But, you know, we... So it's, it's Kate, Fred, and I as the original. and But it, it would be very hard these days. You know, so we're really more of a tour, touring band. And you'd be happy. I mean, even, even if for new music, would you, would you potentially jam something and then present it live? possibly possibly do you not miss that that vibe of being in the studio with with the bees well it could happen but at the same time we're awfully busy yeah. performing you know <laughs> so we'll see Kate did her solo album yes Fred's always working on on music yeah Fred likes he likes doing uh, his his music yeah you know, which is great um Fred I Finally, did perform Monster Live, Monster oh, wow. in My Pants, you know, which that was funny. That was a few years ago. Okay. <laughs> and that was fun. I was in a, uh, in the band. Uh, we just he came to Athens. And we pulled a, uh, some musicians together, and uh, he he sang that. It was it was a lot of fun. That sounds cool. Yeah. Um, is there a documentary coming out? There is. There fact. is. Okay. And uh, but there. I don't know when it's going to be. And is it covering from from the from day dot to now, or is it just concentrating on the Ricky years? I think it's from till now. Till now, wow. I think so. That's going to be it's, really exciting. Yeah, it is. You know, <laughs> it's just the beginning of it now. So also, it's it's just like preliminary at the moment. Nothing, nothing solid. Well, it's it is happening. Okay. It is happening. Well, yeah, I'm I'm up for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm absolutely up for so that, that one. It needs to happen. On the solo album or the side project album, right? Uh, the song "Brother." Yeah. There's a lyric that that really struck me, and it's 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 you you referring to either you're playing a character or you're referring to another character, and you said "my little brother." Yeah. Is that in reference to Ricky? No, 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 no. Um, in fact, it's a cover song from a uh, band called Oh Okay, okay. back in uh, a local band in Athens. Uh, in the early '80s, I believe it was a. It's a cover. Okay, but it, maybe but, I'm just being I, too arty because I read into it. If, if you're saying my little brother, I would see it as you've surpassed the age Ricky was, at which he died. Oh, that's deep. And now you are the older sister. I know, right? That's deep. Now I like that. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most people say I'm really shallow. <laughs> I like it. I like it when our fans bring things to the to the meanings. It's it's really cool. Oh, you've been playing with a symphony orchestra recently, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. B fifty twos. We have been the we play with Boston Pops, um, and we played at the Hollywood Bowl, and we uh, played with lots of different symphonies around the United States, and it's been incredible. It's it uh, we have uh, some of the, our songs written out musically you know for symphony yeah and uh and but each symphony brings something different it's amazing 
If you do it over here, you have to do it at the Royal Albert Hall. Wouldn't that be funny? Just that venue would be insane because oh it's very, you know, it's very prim and proper. Yeah. And then you've got this wild party band. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It'd be it's wicked. A, it's, everybody has, has a good time. Do you have to sort of, when you do something like that, do you, is it almost like you have to go back and learn your songs again? No. No. I mean, a little bit. We have to, like, uh, be conscious of the fact that the you know of the symphony you know they're doing it differently a yeah because i've i've heard i was listening to planet claire on youtube last night uh-huh. and there are bits in that they are doing that don't exist in, oh. in your version yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's wonderful it is yeah in fact some of the songs in planet claire in particular really sounds great with it really epic it's really amazing yeah but it must be really cool that you know this song that you you guys wrote 40 years ago gets yeah. a, a whole new life it is. in such a classy way it is and it's you know the, it's opposites you know coming together and it's very interesting so one thing that I always cover on this podcast is and it's always with creatives mm-hmm. how do you stop that niggling voice in your head that says uh-uh you shouldn't be doing this what are you doing come uh, on this isn't for you yeah well you know part of me part of me says you know, what am I doing? The odds of uh, of Cindy doing this is not is not going to you know nothing. It's not. What are you doing? You know, and then I have to just squelch that, you know, and just go with the flow. And you know, it, it you know it is the the material is good, and I am doing the material really well. Yeah, and it, it's all good and. Whatever happens, happens. But it's an adventure, and I'm having a good time. Have there been times where that voice is completely overwhelmed and it, it, it has affected the work? Because I, I can think of times when, you know, that voice has completely ruined some of my work. Even so on, on not this podcast today, yeah. but in some of the in at least one episode yeah. in this series, I can remember I really botched up the photos oh. because that voice was just overwhelming in my yeah. head. Yeah, I mean, I. You know, I have that that voice. You're not good enough. Blah yeah. blah blah. But you, but you have to just like get centered, and uh, and and you know enjoy it and say you are. You know, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> this is fantastic. Go with it. You know. It could, and it. I mean, it sounds simple. It's really hard, but it it really is as simple as that, isn't it? It is. You know, you have to have faith in yourself. Yeah. Definitely. But it's like, Ru, it's like Rue says. It's like Rue says, isn't it? If you can't <laughs> love yourself, how the hell are you going to love someone That's else? That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so if you want to see the photos that Cindy and I have just done, head to www.sftl.photos. We always end with a quiz. Okay. And this is, right, I'm going to test you on the last 40 years. <laughs> Are you ready, Cindy Wilson? This is, All right. We're going to play next lyrics. Okay. So I'm going to give you some of your lyrics. I've made this easy for you. These are only your lyrics. These are not Fred's. <laughs> these are not Kate's. I'm going to give you some lyrics. Just tell me what the next ones are. All right. And if you can guess the song as well, that'd be really good. Okay, shoot. Okay. Underneath the chandelier at the ATM machine. Underneath the chandelier at the ATM. I don't know. That's a uh, um, funplex, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. But what's the next lyric? I don't know. Oh, honey, is it all about oh, the money? Honey, I <laughs> you, you wrote these. These are your lyrics. I know, but I forgot <laughs> it. Um, 
This one's a favourite of mine. Okay. Skip the air, strip to the sunset. Yeah, ride the arrow to the target. <laughs> the target one. Take it hip to hip. Rocket through the wilderness, around the world. The trip begins with a kiss. kiss. Uh, B-52's Rome. Kate, Kate and Cindy. <laughs> and Crystal and Candy, Mercedes and Joan. Mercedes... Is that what the next one is? Uh, so it's Kate, Kate, and Cindy, Yay. and Crystal, and Candy, Mercedes, and Joan. Da, 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 da. Oh, now I can't remember. <laughs> and Anita, something. And Anita. Kind of. Betty what? and Brenda, Susie, Anita, and Phoebe, and Jack. Jackie <laughs> O. <laughs> Jackie O, of course. Uh, B-52's 52 Girls. Um, here's another one, number four. It's all in muscle memory. It's not in my mind. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> um, like someone gave you a wild goose. Like so, uh, oh god, I can't remember it. Wild goose. I don't know what. Or a freight train with a loose caboose. There you go. B fifty two is constantly thing. And the last one, walking out of Corvette's package in a hand. Something where the seabirds uh, throw its divinity on the sand. I'll give you that. B fifty two. Give me back my man, Cindy. This has been wonderful. Oh, thank I've you. Loved this. I've thank really, you so really much. enjoyed it. This is how we end the podcast. I've been Robert Gershenson, and I'm an Aquarius. And I'm Cindy Wilson. I'm a Pisces. And we like Chihuahuas and Chinese noodles. Woo-hoo. And we'll shoot you later. <laughs> 